Welcome to the audio ministry of Love Foundation Christian Center, a place to find God's love. Pastors Osage and Bridget Airboard teach the word with simplicity and truth. From wherever you're listening, we hope that today's message inspires and encourages you. Enjoy the message. Talking about Acts for the Nations today. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Just start now. Turn to somebody and say Acts for the Nations. Somebody say, say Acts for the Nations. Now, if God asks you to ask and you shall receive, what would you, what would you ask for? Some people ask for bread. Someone say, I just want that Amani, Amani suit. Somebody say, oh, ah, that glass shoe Pastor B was wearing today. I want that tie. Now, God can give you all of that, but there are things that are greater than that. If they give you a blank check, what are you going to write on it? So today, my message is ask for what? The nations. Ask for the nations. Don't settle for bread when you can have the, the bakery. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. I say hallelujah. The Bible said, whatsoever you desire, when you pray, believe you receive it, you shall ask, you shall have it. He said, he that you have asked for nothing. Say, ask that ye might receive that your joy might be full. He said, he's able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask and even think about according to the walking of his mighty power within us. So how come people have so little? He said, you have not because you have not, you have not because you ask not. He said, why is there quarreling? Why is there backbiting? Why is there struggling? Why are people so, so depressed, so sad? He said, because they don't have, and they don't have because they don't ask. The Bible says, he said, they limited the Holy One of Israel because of their unbelief. They limited him. They asked for too little. You know, in the house of God, you can't ask for too much, but you can ask for too little. I like that to sink down. You know, the thought is that, and that's what religion has taught, is that you can ask for too much. You're asking for too much. You know, in many, in many, in many uh, uh, highway, many roads, many, many uh, uh, simple roads in the cities, they have speed limits. But many people don't know that in some highways, they have minimum speed limits. Do you know they have minimum speed limits? You can't be driving at 10 on an expressway. They'll pull you over. We are on a highway to heaven. There are things that are minimum work limits on this highway. Angels will pull you over. You are operating less than what is required for the kingdom. And, our, and, and the idea is we have to renew our minds, change our thinking. People are always, when you talk about speed limits, people are always thinking about the top. You can't go beyond a particular level. And people have been raised up thinking of limits and lack. But the Bible says in God, there is no limit. The limits we have are the under limits. Too little, not enough. What's the limit to abundance? 
He said, I've come that you may have life, that you may have life more abundantly. It means a life that has no limits, no upper limits, but there's a lower limit. You can live lower than the new creation. No higher limits. No higher limits. So we are blowing the limits out of our prayer life this morning. Somebody say, hallelujah. I came with some bombs, some, some, some explosives. Gonna blow out the limits. Blow out the leads. Somebody say, hallelujah. And we're going to put leads under so you can't go down. You'll never be poorer than you are today. This is the poorest you have ever been. You will ever be. This is the least you will ever be. This is the least. This is the least. This is the least. God said that to me many years ago when I was in youth service. I was sent to a place. I didn't, you know, I was thinking whether I should go. Before then, I prayed. I said, Lord, send me wherever you want me to go. I mean, I'm, I'm going for ministry. I'm not going for just to have fun, not for comfort. Every, anywhere you send me to go, I will go. And guess what? They sent me to this remote village in Africa. No electricity, no water, no pipe bone water. Cars don't get there, no roads. I have to climb two miles up the mountain to get to where I live. I have to come out once a week to buy food. If I miss the market day, I fast for the next one week. There are places like that in Africa. And guess, me, guess what? I didn't grow up like that. Where I grew up was big town. I started driving, like I said, you know, early, 16. I had a hack car to myself most of college. At 19, I had graduated. I was, I was the last of 10 children. And my parents were, were upper middle class. And, and they took good care of us. So I'd never experienced no light, no water, expect, except the, the, the incessant taking of lights that they have in some places in Africa. Then you have to use candlelight for candlelight dinners. We, those are romantic places, praise God. Romantic cities. You, you walk in candlelight and you eat organic food. Very healthy places. <laughs> but here I was in this city, you know, um, so, so you, what you call dry compared to where I was coming from. To drink water, I had to go fetch water from the pond. And I had to drive some fishes out to draw, to draw water. Drinking water, I mean. No light, no electric. So there was no television. That cut out half of my distraction. Guess what I had to do for entertainment? The Word of God. The Word was my main entertainment. Some of the things I wrote... Identity of the Believer then, over 30 years ago. I just produced it now. And I wrote many other books I have not written out. I spent time studying. Studied books, studied the scripture, read it back and forth. Because that was my only entertainment. I had to learn how to use a lamp. I learned to have to cook. Praise God. I had to calculate the market day so that I don't miss it. Because if you miss it, Lose some weight for the next one week because they didn't have market every day. There were no no grocery stores around. It was it was, it was a place that was Hallelujah. Now some of you may know this. Uh, I was learning how to cook then. Uh, one of the days I came back from the store, I was so happy. I decided to cook uh, cook a stew with porridge, and I was trying to put crayfish in the stew and the porridge, and I put ground ogbonlo. 
had to, I had to, I had to, I had to conclude that edible plus edible is equal to edible. I, I came with that, with that, that, that formula. I told my wife about it. Praise God. I ate it. What else was I going to do for the next, next one week? Many great things happen in that place. But God said to me, he said, this is, he said, because you have obeyed me, he said, this is the least you would ever be in your life. And I wrote it down. Could never be that low again. And have never been, never been, never been. That's always been from glory to glory, from strength to strength, from grace to grace. And I've come to declare to you, this is the least you will ever be in your life. This is the, this is the bottom. This is the lowest level. From now on is upper and upper and upper from glory to glory. And there is no limit on top. You are rising all the way to the top. Psalm chapter number 2 verse 1. We're going to quickly go into some of these verses of scripture. Have your pen ready, your catchers ready. And uh, make sure you put down notes today. If you're watching online, uh, get ready. Your life is about to be changed from a grand degree of glory to another. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. When the Holy Ghost preached this to me, I danced and sang and praised God. Somebody say hallelujah. Yeah, I was all by myself rejoicing in the Holy Ghost. I couldn't wait to come to church today. Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the name of God. You know, if the word of God doesn't change you, it's not going to change anybody else around you. That's why you have to be first partaker of it. That's why a, a preacher that is sad cannot minister to people. Because if the word can't make you joyful, why is it going to help somebody else? A worship leader that is sad cannot lead other people to worship. Because if, if what you are singing cannot excite you. You can't excite anybody else that you are trying to lead. So you have to be the first partaker first. In short, before you come out and share it, you have to practice it yourself. See whether it works. If you sing it and, you, and there's nothing happening, don't come and sing it in church. If you preach it to yourself, nothing is happening, don't, don't share it with anybody else. Don't share it. That's, that's why I can't understand how people in some of these house, these remote areas, they will go to, 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 to uh, native doctors or, or voodoo priests, and they are entering. The place is smelly. The place is dirty. They are poor. Listen, if they could help somebody, don't you think they will help themselves first? If they can't get out of that stinking place, do you think they can help you to come out of it? You have to look at them first before you even ask them for advice. Psalm chapter number two. Are you there? I say, are you there? Why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? You know, this is a very appropriate scripture for what's going on in the earth today. Say, so why are they hidden raging? They are, they, are, they, are, they are building up themselves. They are, they are they're speaking. They are getting mad. They, are getting, they think they are on top. He said, the kings of the earth set themselves, and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. You know, I know some people don't think that there is conspiracy going on. People say, there's no conspiracy here. But the Bible says the kings, go back again to verse 2. 
You don't have to listen to the news. Uh, many of them are false news anyway to know what's really going on. If you want to listen to the news, where do you go? To the Bible. He said, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed. Who is the anointed of God? We are. The church is. What's the meaning of the church? The body, the Christ, the body of the anointed, the called that one. The ecclesia of God, the one that is separated and anointed. We are the body of Christ. We are the body of the anointing. So he said the kings are taking counsel, the rulers are thinking, and they are standing, standing against the anointed. The body of Christ, the church, and Christ himself. Next verse. Saying, let us break their bounds asunder and cast away their cords from us. Today you could say, let us stop their services. Let us stop them from evangelism. Put six feet between them. They cannot pray together. They can preach to one another. I know people say, oh, Pastor, why are you saying this? This is about coronavirus. I know that it, is, it, it sounds like that. Even the coronavirus itself is demonic. It's demonic. And we think they just come to kill people. It's the devil that comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And the only antidote to the devil is the church, the word of God. And so his number one enemy is the church. We have to see this from spiritual perspectives. Things don't just happen. The devil is not after every religion. There is only one faith. That is against darkness, and that is the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, because we are the light of the world. So if the devil is gangrene together, if they are coming together, if enemies are coming together, there is only one common enemy, and that is Christ and the anointed. He said, he that seated in the heaven shall laugh. Let's go back to the, next, the previous verse again. I think we might run too quickly. Praise God. He said, the kings of the, of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, which is his people, saying, let us break their bounds aside and cast away their cause from us. He said, but he that seated in the heavens shall laugh. Let me hear it now. He that seated in the heaven, where should Who are those that seated in the heavens? I said, who are those who are seated in? The Bible said, we are what? Seated in the heavens with Christ Jesus. So what should you be doing? <laughs> Some people think he's just talking about God laughing. We are seated with him on the throne. We read that last time, right? Yes. Now, now put it up again. I say it's in Revelation chapter number 3. Quickly, quickly. Revelation chapter number 3, verse 21, I think. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He said, to him that overcometh, are we grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and sat down with my father in his throne. So where are you seated? I want to hear it. I said, where are you seated? So, if the Bible says, he that seated on the throne shall laugh, who should be laughing? So, let me hear some laugh. You say, but I don't feel like laughing. You can laugh a textbook laugh. He says, ha, ha, ha. You just, ha, ha, ha. 
ha, ha, ha. Hey. And the Bible says, if you overcome, you are seated on the throne. That means you don't let the things around you disturb you. Go back again to Psalm chapter number two. That's our main test today. All right. So the Bible says, he that's seated on the throne uh, shall laugh. Somebody say hallelujah. He that's seated in the heavens shall laugh. You know, why is he laughing? Because no matter what they're doing, they have no power, no authority to stop the work of God. And I've used this illustration many times. Just imagine Christus come and sets his blue and say, Dad, let's, let's fight. I, I'm, I'm ready to beat you today. What do you think I would do? <laughs> I can hold him with one finger. I can, his hand won't even reach me. It will be beat in the air. The Bible says, he that seated in the heaven. You know why people are afraid? Because they don't see themselves seated in the heavenly realms. So they begin to mourn and groan and complain and worry. But if you are seated there and the devil says, I'm going to kill you, what do you do? <laughs> so there will be a lot of laughter. Because the devil is always telling a lot of lies. So you're not going to make it. <laughs> that will become a regular. Uh, you just be walking in the street. Suddenly you just bust out. <laughs> Why? Because they will say you're going to get an accident today. <laughs> That's going to be the regular part of your life. Be washing dishes. <laughs> He said, he that seated in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall have them in the <laughs> Next verse. Come on, come on, continue. Then shall he speak to them in his wrath. So after laughing, he makes decrees. Amen. And vex them in, in his sore displeasure. Next verse. Yet have I set my king upon the holy hill of Zion. Where is Zion? The church. Who is the king? We are. The Bible says that he has made us kings and priests. Revelations 1, I think verse 5. Pull it up quickly. Hallelujah. He said, I've set my king upon the holy hill. Amen. 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 And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his blood and had made us what? Kings and priests unto God and his father to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. And everybody say, Amen. Amen. So what are you? And what? And a priest. Tell somebody, say, I'm a king. I'm a king. And I'm a, I'm a priest. Tell somebody else. That one already had. So turn to somebody. Say, I am a king. And I'm a priest. Say, I just want you to know that when you are addressing me, you are addressing the king and a priest. Somebody say, Amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tell somebody, that's why I'm dressed like a king. Are you a king? I said, are you a king? Are you a king? 
He already made us kings. So we are kings. Let's go back again to Psalm 7, number 2. He said, chapter number 2. He said, he, he has set his king on his holy hill of Zion. Now, what did God, God say to us at the beginning of this year? He said, the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountain and exalted above the hills. He said, and the nations shall flow onto it. He said, and they shall say to themselves, let us go to the house of the Lord. He will teach us his ways and we will walk in his path. So he said, I have set my king upon my holy hill or upon my holy mountain in Zion. And he says, Zion shall be exalted above the hills and all the nations shall flow into it. Verse 7, he said, I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me. Thou art my son. This day I have begotten thee. So he's talking about the king he set upon the Mount Zion, upon the hill. The king said, I will declare what God has declared concerning me. He said, thou art my son. This day I have begotten thee. Somebody say hallelujah. How many of us are begotten of God? Is this decree concerning you? Yes. Did God ever say, this day I have begotten you? Yes. So you are the king that is set upon the mountain of Zion. Now, now take a break there. Um, don't forget where we are in chapter number 2, verse 8. Let's go to Hebrews chapter number 1. Your life will never be the same again. Amen. Hallelujah. Why? Wow, the word of God is powerful. It can transform a toad to a prince. He said, God at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he hath appointed heir of many things. Is that what your Bible says? He said, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir of how many things? How many of us are sons of God? What are you an heir of? I said, what are you an heir of? What does it mean to be an heir? Owner. Rightful owner. The one who it belongs to. It becomes your inheritance. And I want us to keep saying this. I know that we preached it here often time, but we have to re- get this in our mind. That anytime the Bible says we are sons, he's referring to an inheritance. In short, inheritance is attached to sonship all the time. Amen. So he's not just calling you a son just to have a name, title. I'm a son, I'm a son. He said, if you are a son, then you are an heir. Because he is a son, he has made him the heir of all things. Because God owns all things. If you think you are a son and you don't know your inheritance, you have no revelation of sonship. The difference between sons and servants is that servants have to work for a living. Sons live by inheritance. Because their father is rich. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. 
And we have been renewing our mind from servant mentality to sonship. We own the planet. I say we own the planet. Somebody say hallelujah. We are not here by chance. We are not just ordinary folks walking around. We own the planet. We are sons of God. Jesus operated in his sonship right and understood his authority. The planet responded to him. Even the fishes of the sea responded to his instructions. He told Peter, cast your net on the right side. Because he owned all the fishes, as soon as he said that all the fishes, plus the one who had gone to sleep, woke up, started swimming towards the net. The master had given a command. The Bible said he told the wind, be still. Told the sea, go to rest, sleep, I'm on my way somewhere. And the Bible says that there was great calm. Why? He is the heir of all things. But the good thing, the Bible says, as he is, so are we in this world. And the Bible says he's not the only heir. He said we are joined heirs. That means everything Jesus has, we have. You know, no wonder the Bible keeps saying, who hath believed our report? It is not possible for an heir of a rich God to be poor. You can't be poor. Hebrews, let's continue. He said, verse 2, In this last day spoken unto us by his son, whom he had appointed heir of all things, by whom he also made the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he by himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. I like this so much better, far higher. Do you like all these adjectives? Yes. And we, we studied last week that when he died, that we died with him. When he was raised up, we were raised up with him. And when he sat down at the right hand, we were seated with him. And so we have been made to sit in a place that is far better than the angels. In short, the last verse of this chapter tells us that angels, all angels are ministering spirits for the heirs of salvation. Heirs again. Just go to verse 14. I say, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who are heirs, 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 heirs of salvation? Once you receive salvation, all angels have been given instruction to help you. All Those big angels we're talking about, the one that had one leg in the sea, one leg in the land. The Bible said they are ministering spirit for the heirs. They are servants to sons of God. Many Christians have not used their potential. Thank God for the physics lesson we learned today. We have to change this potential energy to kinetic energy. And you can actually change it to many other kinds of energy too. You can change it to heat energy. Turn it to light energy. Don't just leave it as potential with by position. You have to bring it to where you need it and manifest the glory of God. Hallelujah! 
verse 3 again, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. How does he uphold everything? By the word of his power. And what has he given us? The Bible says he has given us his word. So that we too can what? Uphold all things by the word of our power. He said, don't say who will go into heaven to bring Christ down or who will go across the sea to bring it. He said, the word is nigh you in your heart and your mouth, which is the word of faith that you speak. Because if you will confess with your mouth the Lordship of Christ and, and, and believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, he said, you shall be saved. Because with the heart man believes unto, sal- unto righteousness and with the mouth declaration you made unto sozo. Which means healing, deliverance, prosperity. You get what you say because you uphold all things by the word of his power. The Bible never said, be it unto you according to your credit score. Have you, did you see that in the scriptures? Did he ever say, be it unto you according to your education? He said, be it unto you according to the color of your skin. Be it unto you according to where you were born. Is that what your Bible says? The Bible says, be it unto you what? According to your faith. Where you are now has nothing to do with the color of your skin. Has nothing to do with your education. Has nothing to do with how much your effort is. It is a product of what you believe and what you say. That's where you are. You are located by your words. You are located by your faith. Your faith is what produces everything else. And that's why you have to begin to watch it. Because we are sons of God. If you say I'm weak, the power of your tongue will make you weak. So I don't know what to do, I'm confused. Your mind becomes confused. Because you have released confusion out of your mouth. You uphold all things. But the word. Of your power in Christ Jesus. Let's continue. He said, verse 4 Being made so much better than the angels, as he had by what? Inheritance. Obtained a more excellent name than they. Somebody say, Hallelujah. So, how did Jesus become better than the angels? The Bible says, one way it was by inheritance. Yeah. How did we become better than the angels? By what? By inheritance. We have an inheritance. Now, some of you are still looking at me like inheritance. Let's let's put our finger there. We have plenty of fingers if you are using the paper Bible. If you are using electronic, maybe even easier. Go to Romans. Romans chapter number 8. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. So next time you see me just come to church and say, ha, 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 hey. you know I'm laughing, right? Because where I'm seated where in the heavenly realms. I'm laughing. I'm laughing at the grace of God, rejoicing at the grace of God, laughing at the devil and rejoicing for what Christ has provided for me. Verse 14. Romans 8, verse 14. It's good to read the whole chapter. I wish we had enough time. We'll go through chapters upon chapter, but... Yeah, we, we will read it on our own. We are sons of God. Amen. Yes. Bible says from verse 14, For say for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are what? They are the sons of God. How many of you are led by the Spirit of God? Let me see your hand. What are the other alternatives? You are led by the Spirit or you are led by what? The flesh. What's the flesh? The way you feel. 
the way it's, it's doing you. I don't like the way this thing is doing me. If you are led by that, you are not operating as a son. There are other ways to be led. You can be led by the system of this world. Bible says, be not conformed to the pattern of this world. You are looking at news media for your, for your news. You're going to forfeit sonship because you will be conformed to the pattern. Recently, I've been hearing people saying, oh, you know, that, that, that was a lie. The, the, the fact checkers, they fact checked him and, and it was a lie. I said, who fact checked the fact checkers? <laughs> who gave somebody the authority to fact check anybody? How do you know the man is not a liar himself? Because he came with a mark that says the one that fact checked. Mark said, let God be true. And every man a liar. Oh, they're not those fat checkers are liars themselves. That's why it doesn't correspond to God's word. It's what? It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. That's why all those adverts that say 60% of so so and so die of sickness, they're lies. Not for the new creation. It doesn't correspond with God's word. We don't have to go check statistics. We don't have to Google it. We have a better search engine. It's God the Holy Ghost. Bible said the Spirit of God searches how many things? All things. Even the deep things of God. Google can't go near the deep things of God. Not even the shallow things of God. We have a better search engine. So we search by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> hey! He said, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, he said, what? They are the sons of God. Continue. He says, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. That means if you receive the Spirit of Christ, you should never fear again. You have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. It means also if you are in fear, you are acting like a servant. It's servants that are afraid they will lose their job. Sons are not afraid. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we have not received the spirit of fear. So fear is from the spirit. That's why we say no phobia is attached to any believer. Not claustrophobia, not weltophobia, not hydrophobia, not uh, aerophobia. No, no phobia. No fear, no phobia, no phobia. The only Tenable answer to a Christian of are you afraid is what? No! You don't even ask what are you what are you asking about? Are you afraid? The answer is no. No, no, afraid of nothing. Nothing. Hallelujah. Bible said we are seated in the heavenly realm. He said, far above all principalities, all powers, all titles and dominion and every name that is named, both in this world and that which is talking. So what can you be afraid of? And that's why you have to watch out for fear, fear peddlers. They are demonic sense. To, come, to cause people to be afraid. Because fear causes the people's faith to be turned around to the devil. It's evil. We are word dealers. Somebody say hallelujah. Some people deal on cocaine. I deal on the word of God. Mine is more exciting. 
more invigorating, more transforming than any kind of drug. Changes people in this life and turns them to another man. And secures for them an eternal life. Word peddlers. Are you a word peddler? All right, let's go back again. He says, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption. That word means sonship, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Next verse. He said, the spirit himself beareth weakness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then what? Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may be glorified together. We explain this, that this suffering is not okay now. Let's go and suffer to the cross, nail ourselves also, and so that we can be glorified. No, he's talking about identifying in his suffering and identifying in his glorification. If you died with him, the Bible says you were raised with him. If you hold on to your ethnicity, the color of your skin, your family name, and you refuse to die to him, you will not be glorified with him. But if you give up your old life and choose that your old man was crucified with Christ, then you can also identify with him in his resurrection with a new life that has no sickness, no disease, no power, no death. So the problem with people not being glorified is that they refuse to give up their old life. They don't want to be seen as strange. Someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. Bible says we should give up the lifestyle, the, the, the former lifestyle that was handed to us by the tradition of our fathers. You're going to have to give up that lifestyle. And receive a new one that is from heaven. You're going to have to deliberately give it up. You say, I'm no longer like that. I was born that way, but I'm no longer that way. I'm a new creature. I am born again. Now I'm a son of God. I have not the spirit of timidity again to fear. I have the spirit of love, the spirit of power, and the spirit of a sound mind. You're going to have to declare with your own mouth. The Bible says with your own mouth, you receive salvation. You are going to come out of that and say, no more, no more depression, no more sadness, no more poverty. I receive the wealth of God, I'm a son of God. If the Bible says you are a joint heir, let me give you this example. You suddenly get a letter and says, you and John Maxwell have become joint heirs. What do you think you are going to start doing from that point? Finding out what John Maxwell has. You know, people don't hear these words. They just leave it like, well, we are joint heirs with Christ. Yeah, we are joint heirs. It's, like it's just like a, a cliche. Yeah, yeah. What, this is what we say in church. When we come to church, we bamboozle ourselves with these big words. We are joint heirs. We are sons. We just go home and leave, go back and listen to CNN for the real news. Somebody say you are joint. If a lawyer comes to you and say you have become a joint heir of 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 a, of a, of a king, you will want to know what the king has. If it's a legal paper, you say you mean you mean I'm a joint. Heir. You mean everything has belongs to me too. I'm telling you, you will not even rest that moment. Say so what what does he have? Where does he live? Then you discover he has he has a, a whole city. What did he start to do? Hey, 
you start dancing. You are not even giving, getting involved. You know this is a legal paper and you are joined here. You know, people, the people don't rejoice over the word of God because they don't believe it. They don't believe it. If you believe it, your attitude will change. It will change. If you sit down like, yeah, yeah, just tell me, what's what the next big word? You, and there's no excitement, there's no joy, there's no expectation, there's no change. I can tell you, it's very simple. You don't believe. The Bible says that peace and joy comes from oh, what? From you, it says you, you, you rejoice at the word as someone that has found great spoil. Tell somebody I'm enjoying it. Say it again, I'm a joiner. Say, ask the person, are you a joiner? Ask the, ask the person, what, what, what does your air have? What does your, your joint air have? What, 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 what does he have? Glory to God. I say glory to God. I say glory to God. You know, of course, we will not have enough time to begin to search all the things that Jesus has here in today's service. But I want to give you the, exact, the appointment. Go and start reading. Anytime you see anything ascribed to Jesus, remind yourself that what? I'm a joiner. You know when they say, who is worthy to open the scroll? Hey, I think people say, ah, that not be me. He said you are a joint heir. He said, and he's worthy to receive glory, honor, riches, and praise. He says we are joint heirs. Everything he can receive, we can. We have been made worthy to receive honor. You know, we will have time for that. Because if you go to the book of Revelation, the Bible says that, that, that the one that was seated on the throne with the lamp was making judgment. He said that the, the, to the, 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 the 100 and, you know, was it 12, 12 elders and, and, and all the others were, were bound. If you want to locate yourself, where do you think you will be located in that scene? <laughs> you know, people look at themselves like, oh, I'm at the edge of the edge. And I'm watching this thing. The Bible says we are seated. Except the Bible is a lie. He said we are seated with him. He has made us to sit with him and has made us join air. So anything that is being given to Christ is given to the church. That's why the Bible says we are raised above all. He said all principalities, all powers, all titles. So all of those elders on the throne, we have been given a name that is what? Far above all. All means all. Both in this world and that is the come. There is no title that has, can be given that is close to the title of a believer. We have to see these things and believe them. We are heirs of God. That's why angels are ministering spirits for the heirs of salvation. They are angels that can bring money to you. Hallelujah! Glory to God! I said glory to God! When Jesus was behind on his taxes, 
He didn't go get a second job. What did he do? He said, go catch a fish. You have a skill, right? You can still do that. He went to catch a fish. Now, he was not just lazy, just sitting at home praying. He engaged some of his, his ability, but it was not depending on catching many fishes and selling all the fishes. There was a supernatural involvement for his provision. All he caught was one fish, the first one, and said, bring it. He told him what was going to happen. He said, it's a gold coin. It's enough to pay your taxes. That's why you need to hang out with the right kind of girls. Jesus did not only pay his own taxes. He paid for Peter. When he wanted to have his supper, last supper, yes. the dinner, what did he say? Did he go say, oh, um, uh, take some money, go hire a property, oh, you know, how much? He said, just keep walking. As you enter a city, you see someone carrying a picture. He said, oh, follow him. This is better than GPS, my brother. <laughs> he said, any house he enters, treat to the owner of the house. Where is the finest room in this house? The upper room, the penthouse that is decorated and that is prepared. He said, the master, the Lord, has need of it. That's all you need to do. Then listen to what he's going to say. Oh, the guys were going, going, going. And one of them may have stumbled and said, oh, five minutes. All things. <laughs> they had to, they got to the gate at the same time. What, that is not a coincidence. This is how sons live. This is how sons of God live. We're going to have to come out of this mindset of mediocre living like men and enter into the realm of sonship. He said that, that we are joint heirs with him. Let's go back again to, to our text, main text, Psalm chapter number 2. You know, we've spent some time teaching about sonship. We, we need to remember this. While we are on our way there, let's just pass through First uh, John chapter number 3. Praise God. No pastor, you say that's in the opposite direction, not in your electronic Bible. Just go there quickly. Third John chapter, First uh, John chapter number three, verse one. Behold, what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold, what manner of love the Father has given unto us that we, that we should be called the sons of God, that we, that we should, come on, sing to somebody. Behold, behold, what manner of love the Father has given unto us. Behold, behold, what manner of love the Father has given unto That we, that we should be called the sons of God. That we should be called the sons of Okay, let's read it very quickly. We're almost out of time. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the sons of God. Wherefore, wherefore the world knoweth us not. They don't know us. They think we are just like everybody else. Because what? It knew him not. The next verse. Beloved, now 
are we the sons of God? It doeth not yet appear, it's not yet manifested or revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear or revealed, he said we shall be like him, for we shall what? See him as he is. This key verse is a very important verse. He said, and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. One reason people live in sin, they don't believe they are the sons of God. Once you see yourself as a son, you begin to change your manner of living. You, you say you will purify yourself when you have this hope, this expectation, this, 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 this understanding that you have been recreated to be like God and that you have the power over sin, over sickness, and over disease. If you read the, New, the, the Old Testament, when the, what the Bible calls impurities is not only sin. Sickness was an impurity. When the Bible says purifies himself, even as he is pure, it means that you will drive out every manner of sickness or disease in your body. There were some people that were not allowed to make sacrifices in the temple. Let's go back again to, to Psalm chapter number 2. I need to get, need to get somewhere today. Hallelujah! I say glory to God. Joy overflow in my heart. I sing a new song to the Lord. Joy overflow. I sing a new song. Joy in your presence and life forever. Joy in your presence and life forever. There is joy in your presence and life forever. Okay. All right, all right, all right. Psalm chapter number two. Praise God. <laughs> I've been singing that song every day. Just, I've just been rejoicing in the presence of God. He's done so much, so much. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, he said, in the ages to come, he will keep revealing the greatness of his kindness through, to us in Christ Jesus. That means this life is not enough to show everything he did. Every day he wants to, he's going to be revealing new things. Even when we get to eternity, he's going to still be revealing the things he did. For us in Christ. Not, not the things he's going to do. He finished it all in Christ. What is left is from revelation to revelation. Which will transform us from glory to glory. As we see it, we are being changed. So in eternity, it's going to be a revelation of what he did for us in Christ Jesus. Go read it. Ephesians chapter number 2. Alright. The Bible says, again... We can start from the beginning. Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? Continue very quickly. The kings of the earth sat down and the rulers of the, of the earth took counsel against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bands asunder, let them cast away the cause from us. He that seated in the heaven shall laugh. Can you laugh a few minutes? Ha, ha, ha. All right. The Lord shall have them in derision. Then shall he speak unto them in his wrath and vex them in his sore displeasure. Continue. Yet... Have I set my king upon my holy hill? I will declare the decree the Lord has said unto me. Thou art my son. This day have I begotten thee. Then he said what? Acts of me. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. 
He said, when you recognize you are the son, what do you do now? He said, the acts of me, and I will give thee the hidden for thy inheritance, and the outermost parts of the earth for thy possession. He said, what? Acts of me, and I will give thee the hidden for your inheritance. Hey! The Bible says that if men, Matthew 7, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to their children. He said, how much more shall the Heavenly Father give good things to them that ask of Him? So the Bible is telling us that now that we know we are sons, now that we understand that we are joint heirs, if we need something, what should we do? We know the prodigal son. How that the younger son did what? He asked for what was his. And what did the father do? Gave him. What, what did the older son do? He refused to ask. He got into labor-mindedness. Serving and slaving away like a child. Like a slave. And when the younger one came that asked and received, he got mad. How come I don't have so much? How come I've never been given a small goat to celebrate? I've been suffering hard, working hard. The father said, all that I have is thine. So even if everything God has is yours, how do you receive it? You have to ask. You have to make the word ask has many words. One of the things it means is to inquire. Say, what is your name? Am I asking yeah. So you have to research. If you do not know what you have, you can't demand. The word ask means to inquire. It also means to require, to make a demand. Some people have not inquired, neither have they required. That's why I like that statement I made one time, a long time ago. Desire is like fire. Hallelujah. It inspires you to inquire what you admire. Somebody say hallelujah. And it causes you to aspire and require until you acquire your desire. Go get the CDs right there. Praise God. Hallelujah. We need to begin to inquire about what belongs to us. Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. People don't know healing belongs to them. So they die born again but sick. They don't know. They heard it, but they have not known. Jesus said, if you continue my word, he said, then are ye my disciples indeed. He said, and you shall know the truth. The word know is an experiential knowledge of the truth. He said, and the truth shall make you free. You need to find out. Many Christians are healthy and holy, but they are broke because they have not inquired about their wealth in the kingdom. They are struggling like everybody else to make a living. But when you inquire you will find out what belongs to you. Yeah. So, so desire will inspire you to inquire and require what you desire. And you will acquire it. So ask means to inquire. Search. When you are watching movies, find that one I tell you about different cultures because they all belong to her. Some people are not getting it yet. We'll get it. I just have a few minutes, but I'm going to land this thing. Amen. Amen. In a good place. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. 
The Bible says, ask for the nations. Ask for the nations. He said, ask for the heathen. Some translations say, ask for the nations. He says, and, and he will give it to you for an inheritance, which means that they were already yours. They are your inheritance. What did the Bible say in Galatians? He says that, the Bible says that, that, that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Put it up in Galatians chapter number 3.13. He said, because he had, he had been made a curse for us, because it's written, cursed is everyone that hangered on the tree, so that the blessing of of Abraham may come upon us who are Gentiles, that we may receive the gift of the Spirit through faith. So if the Bible says the blessing of Abraham comes on the Gentiles, so what are you supposed to do? You have to what? Inquire about what? The blessings. So we, you know, Pastor B mentioned that in last week, so I started requiring again, inquiring. I thought I've heard it before. I read it before. I saw it, but I said, you know, this looks like a serious business. This is part of my inheritance. I need to know what I have. So I went back, checked on uh, Genesis chapter number 12, looked at it again. But I discovered there is more. If you read Romans chapter number 4, put it off, I think from verse 13. The Bible says that God said to Abraham, he said, you are the heir of the world. So the blessing of Abraham included the whole world. So when the Bible says that the blessing of Abraham may come upon us, it means that as soon as you get born again, you become an heir of this world. This world belongs to you and I. Hey! 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 You know, you know, many many people just they just they don't see this, but we pray this morning, right? That the eyes of our understanding become enlightened. You are not just walking on earth as a newborn. The earth belongs to us. It belongs to us. You can walk in it like the oldest son of the prodigal son have nothing until you begin to require it. And here in the psalm, he said, ask for the world. Ask for the nations. Don't just ask for a house or a car. It is too small. Ask for the nation. The nations belong to you. If you have the nations, there are many cars in it, many houses in it. People are just trying to get one for themselves. God says, this inheritance is more than just for an individual. You are an heir. You are a king. Ask for the nations. Ask for the nations. Ask for the nation. People are not even bold enough to ask for a city or a street. They just want a lunch pack. They have a blank check and they use it for groceries only. But God is saying, ask for the nation. He said, and I will give it to you. I will give you nations. I will give. You see, if you leave this church today, one of the things I pray that you will begin to see nations as belonging to you. And you are going to begin to make a demand for them. And it will be given. God cannot lie. Hey. Hey. I say, hey, hey, hey. Alright, the Bible says, he said, for the promise that he should be an heir of the world was not to Abraham or to see through the law, but by what? By through the righteousness of faith. So he was to be an heir of the world. And so when you say Abraham's blessings are mine, he's not just talking about some feeling you feel when you feel you are feeling a good feeling in church. He's talking about the world. 
He said, you will be the father of many nations. You will be nations will look to. He said, you will lend to nations and you will not need to borrow. Those things are not written just for fun to occupy spaces. These are the promises. But only those who will inquire and require and desire it will be able to receive it. Or you, the people will die like the older son. Never having a go to it. Never celebrating. Suffering through life. Thinking they are doing God a service. Why God says all things are yours. All. All things. All things. Ask for the nations. I said ask for the nation. Get yourself up and say Lord I take Maryland for you in the name of Jesus. I receive it. It belongs to me. And I'm going to have to round this up so much I would like to say but Let's go to Luke chapter number 12. <laughs> hey! I say, ha, ha, ha. Whew. Luke chapter number 12, verse 22. You know, when I used to read this, I've read it many times. I, I mean, you, you get a little bit of revelation as you continue. It says, uh, verse 12, it's, you know, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all these things. I think it just means, you know, go to church first, you know, serve God, give your tithe first. Now, those are part of it, but it's a lot, it's a lot more than that. It's a lot more. He said, he said unto his disciples, therefore I say unto you, take no thought. That means don't live in this mundane life. Don't live in this servant lifestyle of living for and thinking of your life. What shall ye eat? Neither for your body, what shall you put on? Continue, continue. We are running out of time. There's, there's still a lot. He said, and the, the, the life is more than meat and the body is more than the raiment. He said, consider the lilies or the ravens. He said, for the neither sow nor reap. Somebody say hallelujah. Yes. Somebody asked me recently, what about you are saying all this wealth transfer stuff? What about the law of sowing and reaping? Read this one. He said, what? The ravens, what? But how are they eating? God. They are receiving what other people were sold. It doesn't mean that the law of sowing and reaping doesn't work. There are people, the law of sowing and reaping is the only law that is guaranteed for increase. But there are some people who have come to harvest where they have not sold. They are called sons. If you enter a rich man's house, some people are walking in the farm, you know, tilling the ground, you know, watering the farm. Who do you think they are doing it for? The sons are... The law of sowing and reaping is working. But there are some people who are given travail of soul to suffer, to heap up, but not the sons. The sons are given assignments. You know, some of you heard that one, the prince of England passed recently, praise God. If you read his biography, I did. You know, I like to inquire. He, he was a prince of Greece, uh, but he, he grew up in a, in a poverty home because his father was, a, was, ban was, a, was banished from Greece for disobeying stuff. Whether his father or his grandfather, I'm not too sure. And then he grew up, um, you know, and joined the army. But after he married... The queen, then the prince. How many of you think he had to go get a job so that he can take care of her? Was he sitting at home just drinking Kool-Aid every day? No. He had princely uh, responsibilities. 
He had to represent the, 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 the throne properly. He had, he, had to, he had to go for occasions that he had to. He had to handle some, some non-profit and philanthropic organization. He was busy, but he was not working for a living. Sons of God don't have to work for a living. They do their assignment that God calls them, and God takes care of their needs. We are not here to be employed. We are here to be deployed. If you are in your deployment, you don't need an employment. Now, these are things you need to write down. The reason why people are struggling for unemployment is that they don't know their deployment. They don't know what their assignment is. So they join in the rat race. All right, let's continue. Scriptures, verse 24. Consider the ravens, say, for the neither sow nor reap. Which neither have storehouses nor barns. He said, and God feed them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? Of which of you by taking thought can add the cubit to his statue? He said, if ye they been, if ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? He said, consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not. Don't to someone say they toil not. Say the lilies do not toil. Say they have enough sense not to toil, but to trust God. All right, let's continue. You didn't call them dumb dumb. You're just sharing the word of God. Amen. He said, consider the lilies, how they grow. Consider. When the Bible says consider, what do you do? You consider. It's telling you, this, this, these things are preaching to you. They're telling you how to live. He said, consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not. He said, they spin not. And yet, somebody say, and yet. And yet. You know, say, you know, that's what he's saying. The Bible says you don't need all of these things in this world. When you go to heaven, you're going to have a good mansion here. You just, whatever you. He said, and yet. He said, Solomon on, in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So God is saying, if you operate in faith, you will dress better than Solomon. Amen. Is that not what that scripture is saying? Yes. You, you look better than Solomon. Yeah. All right. He said, next verse. He said, consider the leaves how they grow in toil and despair. And yet, I tell you, Solomon in all his glory was not dressed like one of these kind. He said, then God, if then God <laughs> so clothed the grass which is today and in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven. How much more? What is much more? It's like another word of saying, far above, exceedingly abundantly. He said, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? Well, time is not running out, but let me just mention it. He says, he says, he says, he said, if, if the grass it's only for today. And it's cast tomorrow into the... That means that many of these things, it doesn't have to even be for long. People say, you know, ah, I just only watch once. He said the grass is today and cast into the oven tomorrow. And yet God dresses them to the teeth. How much more? How much more? Look at the way he was telling them to, 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 to prepare the ark, the, the, the sanctuary in the desert. This was a temporary sanctuary. And he said, deck it with gold. Thomas said, ah, it's good enough. We're just on our way. We are going to the... He said, nothing, even silver, should be used 
in, in, in service in the, in, in the desert. People say, the people here are all poor. We are all in the desert. He said, I don't bring the gold, make it rich. He was telling them that your environment is not what determines the quality of your life. They're going to have to live according to faith. Go and research how God made people rich. Bible said Jehoshaphat, five armies came against him. And the Bible says they said they were going to destroy him. It looked like it was the worst day of his military career or his presidency or his kingship. He said, we don't know what to do. The Bible said they began to pray and God said, don't worry about this thing. This is for your good. They began to dance. The Bible says that God set an ambush and that is not just the good news. The Bible says when they got there, it took them three days to carry this way. They became rich by wealth transfer. Check with people. Hezekiah became rich by wealth transfer. One name, one sanctuary, somebody, something came against him, <laughs> cursing God. <laughs> and, and treated him and said, you think your God will protect you? He said, go and find out all the other gods, all the other cities that we destroyed. They had gods. And we destroyed them with their gods. Hezekiah was of concern. He went to Isaiah. Isaiah said, don't worry about this. This man will not even shoot an arrow in Israel. Bible says they all, he had the news, went back, his sons killed him. Bible says if you check chapter 36 of, this, of, of Second Chronicles, it said God made Hezekiah very rich in gold, in silver, in main servants. In, God blessed him because he trusted in God. People have been thinking you just struggle, 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 and God will just help you just to pay your electric bill. He said, ask for what? The nation." All right, we have to get there now because I want us to be able to finish on time. He said, if God so cut the grass of the field which today is and, and tomorrow is cast into the hoven, he said, how much more will he cut you, O ye of little faith? He said, then seek not what ye shall eat or what you shall drink. Neither be of a doubtful mind. So he's telling you if this is what you are, you are after, you are operating what? With a doubtful mind. You are not completely committed to God. Now this is very key. He said, for all these nations do for all these things do the nations of the world seek after. Do the nations of the world seek after. So he says we understand this is the way everybody is operating. This is what they are after. This is their modus operandi. This is their system of prosperity. The whole world is looking for how to make it. How to get to the top. How to succeed. He said, but don't be like that. He said, uh, he said, the nations of the world seek after. He said, and your father. Somebody say hallelujah. So he's distinguishing them between sons and servants. They don't have a father. They are the nations. They are walking and they are take, taking care of your, for themselves. He said, but your father, you are a son. You have an inheritance. He said, your father knoweth that you have need of how many of these things? All these things. You see that also in Matthew 6.33. Go to the next verse. We'll, we'll conclude possibly with this verse. He said, but rather what? Seek ye the kingdom of God. He said, and all these things shall be added. The, the Matthew translation says, seek ye first the kingdom. You know, sometimes we just really seek the kingdom. So I went to check the word again, kingdom. The word kingdom doesn't just mean go to church. It doesn't just mean pay your tithe. 
It didn't just mean, oh, just evangel. He said, seek the king. The word kingdom means the dominion. Yes. It means the authority, this rulership of yes. God. Now, this is what it means. Let me bring it back so that we can understand. It means seek to be in the authority of dominating in the kingdom. He said, and everything else shall be added. It means begin to seek the rulership because of the kingdom of God. He said, and all these things shall be added. He says, he says in Luke, he said, be not afraid. He said, is your father's good will. Maybe it's the next verse. Let's look at it. To give you the kingdom. God wants to give you the dominion. He doesn't just want to give you uh, just a name. He said he wants to give you dominion. Say, fear not little folks, for it's your father's good pleasure to give you the dominion, the kingdom. God wants to give you dominion. Listen, listen, let me get this. This is a major part of today's message. Because if we're looking at the world, some people don't know it, but even some of the unbelievers, they are trying to use this principle. That's the reason why they are always looking for positions of authority. They are trying to get the presidency. They are trying to get the governorship. They are trying to get the rulership because they understand that the one that rules determines what happens after under it and the wealth of where they are ruling becomes under their authority. And so it says that you should not just be looking for what to eat. Don't live your life just trying to spend for yourself. Begin to look and determine and desire the dominion of God to bring the kingdom of God into the place of dominion and authority on the earth. That if you will seek to rule for God on earth, he said, everything else shall be added. What he's saying again, he says, ask for the nations. When you begin to seek to take the gospel to the nations, to be in charge, to be in rulership, to bring God's dominion upon the earth, he says, your food and your drink will not be an issue because everything else shall be added. God appeared to Solomon at night. He said, Ask of me, what do you want? Some would have said, give me gold. Some would have said, give me authority. Give me the next of my enemies. Some would have said, just give me money. Give me honor. What did Solomon ask for? He said, give me wisdom to rule and lead your people. What did he ask for? Dominion. He asks for leadership. He asks for rulership for the kingdom of God. He asks for the nation. And the Bible says, God said, because you ask for that, I'm going to give you gold. I'm going to give you silver. I'm going to give you everything that you have need of because you need this to be able to rule on my behalf. So God is saying to you today, don't ask for houses. Don't ask for cars. Don't ask for shoes. Those things are so small. Ask. For the nations, begin to believe God for nations, for India, for China, for Pakistan, for, for, for Afghanistan, for the United States, for Canada. If you begin to believe that and that becomes your number one desire and your desire is to bring God's kingdom upon the earth, clothes will never be a thing of the, for you, the shoes will never be a problem. 
You will ride the best cars. You will live in the best houses because God is looking for whom he can use to establish his kingdom because the enemy is trying to take over the nations of the world and bring them on that scene and destruction. And God is looking for people who he can raise up as kings to rule upon the earth. So he says, ask for the nations. Ask for the nations. He said, and I will give it to you for an inheritance. When you inherit nations, cars will not be a problem. Houses will not be a problem. Because nations have multiple, multiple cars. Lift up your eyes from just mundane things. He's giving us a blank check. He says, ask for the nation. Just close your eyes. Lift up your hand and thank God for his call to ask for the nations. Mahakala do suprasutus. Yekehele ganas. Ha We believe you. We are not ordinary people here. We are sons. Sons are giving rulership authority on the earth. A king gives his son governorship, gives his son dominion, territories to rule. We are not just going to sit and try to find what we want to eat. You're looking for kings and priests. You're looking for rulers, people who will take over cities, take over nations, take over counties, take over territories, not just for personal gain, but for the kingdom. People who will say, give me Maryland, give me, give me Washington, D.C., give me the United States, give me Canada, give me Brazil. Father, we lift our faith. Our faith can receive nations. You said to Abraham, you are the heir of the world. We have the nation. The unbelievers are encroaching on our property. We lift our hearts and our eyes. And we ask for the nations. We ask for the nations. We take our mind from selfish living, how to pay our bills, how to take care of our needs. We say, we are sons. That's not why we are here. We turn our eyes to you and we say, your kingdom come. Your will be done in Maryland. Your will be done in the United States. We drive out on the unbelievers that are trying to cause this nation to become unrighteous. Because you said unrighteousness will destroy a nation. But you said righteousness will lift up a nation. So we, we ask for the United States. We ask for Canada. We ask for the nations of the world. We begin to come against unrighteousness in our place of prayer, in our place of preaching, in our place of ministry. We begin to take bold steps to take over cities and nations for the sake of the kingdom. We begin to desire positions of authority, positions of dominion, facing our place of work and then beyond so that we can bring people from darkness to life. We ask for the nations. We ask for the nations. And we you said, you give unto us. As our inheritance. We receive it. We receive it. We'll no longer be like princes walking on bare feet. We arise. Our place of dominion. Thank you for places of authority. This nation will hear of us. 
we hand over places of dominion to us. We will not walk down and let servants ride on horses and make decrees for us that are sons to follow. We take over in this nation. Satan, we rebuke you. You will fail and fall. And as long as we are here on this earth, we the sons of God, we take over this land. Take over the nations of the world. Thank you, Heavenly Father. We receive it by faith. In the name of Jesus. Let's give him thanks. He said, believe that you receive. He said, believe that you receive. And you shall have it. You know, some years ago, the Holy Spirit said to me, he said, start morning prayers. He said, every day, pray for one nation. He said, pray for one, one state. I, I, I mean, I started doing it. I didn't understand the fullness of it. But the more he's showing me these things, the more I'm realizing that it's, it's something that is very key to God's heart. We started a school of prayer. He said to me, uh, every student, tell them to adopt a nation and pray for them that, 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 that they should be changed until Jesus Christ came. And when we were moving, he said, get all the flags of all the nations and begin to pray for them. You know, all these things just look like, like, like simple instructions. But I now began to see clearer. So as God began to say this to me, I brought all the flags back out. And I began to lay hands on each one. I got the, 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 the circle of the earth I have in my office, laid hands on every nation. And I'm, I'm asking for the nations. I'm not just here just to, just to have a house, a car. That's, those, are, those are little toys. He said, ask for the nations. Every one of us here can rule a nation. Why will an unbeliever be a governor and a child of God trying to pay Pepco B? It's, it's unrighteous. Why will the sons of the one who own the earth is managing just to survive and then they are, they are, they are unbelievers as, as, as city councillors and, and, and president, they don't even think of leadership. We're changing that today. Some of you here are going to become governors and presidents. You can do it legally and establish the kingdom. When the leader is in authority, the people on that begins to rejoice. Because the, the law will flow. Law of God. And some of us, he is calling us into the ministry to take over nations. And if we have that as our mindset, he said, he said don't be dumb. He said, the lilies don't even have to toil. If you find your deployment and you make it number one, it says everything that you need shall be added to you. And God gives us an opportunity every time to show what is number one. That's what giving is for. Sometimes, even while you are still working on getting your, your own level of dominion, you have to support the, the work of the, the kingdom by giving. So that's part of it, but it's not all of it. We're believing God for a, a, a property. We're releasing our faith. We're in faith for a property and, and to build it. Uh, we need that. The Bible says that a poor man's voice is not heard. There are certain things that begins to resound by reason of the quality and the quantity of what you are doing. And we need to get to that level now. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. We don't have time to wait. And so getting lands, getting properties, building nice structures is a part of the dominion of the kingdom. 
And so you want to be a part of it. We are in church, one church together. I want to encourage you. Believe God for seed to sow. Don't just say, this is what I have. Believe God. I want, to, I want us to get this property on time. This is part of our dominion. And believe God. God will give you seed. Desire is like fire. It will inspire you to inquire what you are, about what you admire. It will cause you to require until you acquire your desire. If you desire a seed, you will have a fire. If you desire the kingdom, it will cause a fire in you and you will pursue it until you get there. That's why Jesus said, whatsoever ye desire when you pray, believe that you receive it. You shall have it. Father, we thank you for giving us seed to sow. We bring our building fund with thanksgiving. We are glad to be part of the kingdom. We are, we are joyful that this is one more step towards the manifestation of your glory. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. We trust that you are blessed by the message. To listen and hear more, catch us at 1130 on Sunday mornings on YouTube or Facebook at Love Foundation Christian Center. If you have any additional questions or just want to learn more about the church, feel free to contact us at lovefoundcc at gmail.com or visit our website at lovefoundationusa.org. Thanks for listening.